welcome. Welcome. To another episode of Half Asian, Half Hour. I'm Emily Walborn. I'm Nako Narder. I did it again. We were supposed to say, and then this is... I blew it. It's fine. Is that... Okay. Well, next time. Yeah, or not. Who knows? (laughs) I feel like... I forget every time. It's you know, and that's okay. Um, today we're here to talk about uh, it's kind of an, an internment extravaganza. Three different television <laughs> episodes depicting Japanese internment to various degrees of historical accuracy and tastefulness. Very, very varying degrees, I'd <laughs> say. <laughs> we're going to Teen Wolf. We're hitting Babysitters Club and Hawaii Five O. The big three. Okay. <laughs> the classics. The yeah. the critically acclaimed the shows. of uh, prestige television. <laughs> I mean, where do we even start? Um, did you what order did you watch these in? Okay, I watched Teen Wolf because mm-hmm. I thought in my head I need to get that one over with first. That's correct. And then I watched Babysitters Club. And then Hawaii Five O. Okay. Okay. So you kind of did, in my opinion, that would be worst to best. Yes, I think that's my opinion as well. Okay. What did you? Which? What? Where did you watch? I did Babysitters Club first because I knew it would be short, and then I did Hawaii Five O because I had seen Teen Wolf before. I wanted to do that one last. And <laughs> while I think it was a despicable episode of television in terms of representation. And also, not a very good episode of Teen Wolf. It did make me miss the show. Like, when the theme was playing, I was like, I I was a lot happier when I was watching this show. And maybe I'll rewatch. That's fair. I, I, that was, that's the first and only episode of Teen Wolf I've ever seen. And I have to say, the first five minutes, five to ten minutes, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> what's like, for someone who is going into this blind, like... Yeah, nothing is clear. Literally nothing is clear. And also, because it's season three, episode 21. So I was like, I'm jumping straight into the middle. I have no idea what is going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't make anything clear. And again, it's not a good episode of Teen Wolf. Like, Styles and um, the main guy, Tyler Posey, are like barely in it. Mm-hmm. Isaac's not in it at all. Tyler Hecklin's barely in it. Lydia's not in it at all. Krista Reed's barely in it. It is mostly just about Japanese internment. It's <laughs> almost nothing to do with any characters that we like. And the only reason people watch the show is because everyone's hot. And we need to see. That's so funny. Yeah, I guess because I, I was like, oh, good. There's a previously on that will help <laughs> me get like caught up with this episode and I was like even the previously on I was like what what is happening and then I was like and then I was like oh good they at least in the credits they show all the people so Uh I was like okay that's good I'll know who the characters are and then half of them never showed up (laughs) half of them never showed up and it I don't think they made it like could you tell that the sheriff was Styles's dad I got that after he said he put cameras everywhere in the house okay cool cool, cool i was like cool, okay cool. he must live in the house too he must okay. be his dad oh my god and then that other guy was allison's dad the guy with like the big weapon yeah okay and who's allison 
It was the girl. <laughs> she was the girl with the black hair who was white. Oh, okay. That cried in the elevator. Yes. Okay. Uh, she it. famously she dies at the end of that season. It's kind of crazy. She's like a main. She's the main Teen Wolf's girlfriend at the beginning, and then she dates this other guy that she cries about in the elevator, and they dated in real life, and then when they broke up. Anyway, um, what happened? Nothing. Cr- she just like went on Fashion Police, and they like. Oh said he's probably gay and I was like this oh, is no. this is 2012 for sure <laughs> but anyway then she dies it kind of doesn't make any sense and then the original teen wolf is like holding her and she's like this is how I wanted to die in the arms of my first love and I was like you're 17 and this actually oh God. isn't how you wanted to die if I can guess so the guy that was standing in the classroom with the Asian family. He's the original Teen Wolf. Yeah, he's the main okay. Teen Wolf. I literally can't even remember his character's name. I think it's Scott, but <laughs> we just know him as Tyler Posey. He has, like, a really asymmetrical face. Um, I think he's very hot. He was in Jane the Virgin and pretty much nothing else. Oh, he was? He was in the last season. Okay, yeah. He's, like, in the last season. And I liked him. Um... Yeah, it, this show just was, like, everything I like about Riverdale was in this show, and it was <laughs> a lot for me. Fair enough. I I also love that kind of teen show mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. like, very cheesy and crazy shit happens. Yeah. It was just confusing. I was just very confused. Incredibly confusing. And, again, this was a buck wild and bad episode of the show and of television. Yeah, it's kind of actually insane, really. And I remember this whole season I was very excited because my friends and I were all watching the show and, like, every time the Nogitsune would speak, I would be like, oh, my God, finally. I know what he's saying and my friends want to know and it's useful that I learned this and it wasn't for nothing. Uh-huh. But then looking back, I'm like, everything, every single Japanese word that got said in this episode was mispronounced almost beyond recognition and at some point beyond recognition <laughs> it was not good yeah i i could tell i feel like i could tell which actors were actually japanese and which weren't yeah and i feel like the maybe i'm wrong but i feel like the family mm-hmm. was not yeah i was looking i was reading on the side because i watched it on amazon um the like guy whose son died he was japanese and yes he, he that's i thought i was like him and then the friend um the girl she i looked her up because i was like i think she's she looked- on superstore oh <laughs> she's the pregnant girl on superstore oh. and she's half japanese damn okay I can and she yes she does look i thought she looked half too because i was like hmm um, so I looked her up, and she's also in Until Dawn, this video game, where she plays Emily, and now I'm just realizing she's half Japanese, and she plays what? Emily, and that's crazy, and she's a total bitch in that game, so. <laughs> okay, okay, good acting, then, huh? Yeah. Wow, very cool. That's, like, the ultimate representation, someone who's the same race and has the same name as you. Yeah. And is in a video game, just like you are. Yep. We're all in a simulation. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, almost no one spoke Japanese, which I guess is fine. Let's let's get into the episode. Let's get into some of 
things that happen. Let's um, get into the specifics of this. You'll have to... Okay, I watched it. I literally watched it this morning, so I'm already having a hard time remembering. I had to write down everything that was happening. Cause I, uh, so here's what I'll say. I thought that this was, like, very funny just because it's a campy show. And so, like, everything that they did wrong about internment, I was like, this is funny. And I (laughs) am genuinely having a good time. But if this were, like, an episode of Mad Men or something, I would be like, please use your platform better than this. But since it's Teen Wolf, I was like, do whatever you want. It's actually fine that this was, like, not. It's purely, yeah, it's pure entertainment. Yeah. else. I I think that's okay. I think that's fine. I think it would have been kind of insane if Teen Wolf did, like, a very tasteful episode about internment. Yeah, because I kind of, I actually kind of think, like, well, World War II is usually a setting for a lot of things, I think. Uh just setting it specifically in an internment camp never happens. And yeah. so when it does, it's like, okay, that's weird that it's like one of three yes. episodes. And unlike the other two shows, this internment camp is made up. This internment camp does not exist. Oak Creek. Um, yeah. Just so many crazy... Okay, so one re- moment that I did remember later, or just from the first time I watched it, which was when this came out, when I was in like ninth grade or whatever was when they look at the picture of the girl in turn. She's like, is this grandma? And her mom's like, no, it's me. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Asian don't raisin. I get it. You're 900 years old. <laughs> and then when the dad, I also remember the dad being like, I'm 43, but I've been told I look mid 30s. Like, that was actually a pretty crazy. solid joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was good. Um, I thought it was weird that both this and the Hawaii Five O episode included a katana and also yeah. um, a cover-up of a crime. Yeah. Yes. Just a thing for both episodes to have. I was like, why Why are there so many samurai swords? And- <laughs> so many samurai swords. And we'll yeah. get to that more. Um, or we can get to that now. Um I was reading an article by somebody named Brian Nia, who is a former curator and administrator for the Japanese American National Museum and the Japanese Cultural Center of Hawaii. And he wrote an article called Making It Worse, where he reviewed the Hawaii Five-O and the Teen Wolf episode. I just, yeah, I read that article. Great article, guys, read it. Yeah. And he said at one point, stop with the samurai swords already. Portraying Japanese Americans routinely owning such swords perpetuates a stereotype. And portraying Japanese Americans as A, wanting to bring the swords into camp, and B, actually doing it, stretches credulity. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy that they're like, okay, we need to brainstorm. What's everything we know about Japan? Okay, we're just going to do word association here. Great. And now we're going to include it in the episode for no reason. <laughs> so, yeah, there's no fucking way these people were allowed to bring weapons into what was essentially a prison. No way they wouldn't check the big sword-shaped box. Yes. <laughs> no yeah. way. Also, she okay in the Teen Wolf. It was extra crazy because it looked like she just, at least in Hawaii Five O, he did have a box. She she it was like fully just under her bed, just yeah. as a sword under her bed. Like yes. she carried that in. <laughs> yeah. So I think one main issue I had with Teen Wolf was in the same way that like. Hidden figures had people being like, 
kind of rebellious and sassy and like that's right they're not like most people they stand up for this I was like this isn't allowed like if these people had actually done this they would have been like severely punished maybe killed it's just always weird to me when they try to put like a Katniss Everdeen flair on historical (laughs) fiction and so when she was like yeah, I like to steal from the cupboard a lot, and I steal from the pantry, and I get us food and baseballs, and I'm a rebel, not like you, like, stuffy old Asian people. I was like, this isn't allowed, and you would certainly be caught. This is crazy, and, like, this is yeah. how you're getting us to identify with the protagonist? <laughs> yeah. I know, when when I saw that first flashback, I was like, well, she sounds like she kind of sucks. Like, she's putting a lot of people in danger. Literally. <laughs> and yeah. taking from the rest of the camp for her tent, which is also... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the woman who turned out to be the other Nogitsune, um, the other woman just, like, when she was like, I prefer to suffer. I was like, okay, cool, hitting yeah. the stereotype that Asian people love to, you know, have pain. She had, like, such a... I, I doubt that's her real accent. It just sounded very oriental. Her accent was really weird. I was like, it's 100% the director made her do that. (laughs) Yeah. And then the love story was obviously insane. The, like, where hands touch fucking bullshit of, like, I'm going to date this white guard, and he's the nice guy. Such a white savior. It was crazy. Insane white savior, and also just, like... Why would we need to see Arden Show just like make out with this random white guy? Why are you taking up any space in your internment episode to show this? I know. It was so not even relevant, like that he became the the like guy at the end. Yes. That I was like Okay, so he didn't even they didn't even need to be in love. They didn't even- <laughs> love and then when they like start when the internees start rioting and then they're like we're gonna throw a molotov cocktail and then reese is like no don't and then the audience is supposed to be like yeah he's the good guy and this japanese prisoner is the bad guy for wanting to throw a molotov cocktail when things really aren't so bad some people get to date reese okay yeah also that guy held that molotov cocktail for like so long (laughs) Yeah. He held it for like five minutes after he lit it. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the grossest historical inaccuracy. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Um, and then also when they were like, people wouldn't steal from us, we should write. I just was like, yeah, this is just hidden figures. Like, people weren't allowed to be like, this is wrong, so let's behave correctly. Yeah. Um, or also then when um, the older woman gets, like, I don't know, she gets, like, hit in the face with a gun or something, but then her so weird. Heals. it was weird, it was weird, and then she healed, and it was like, okay, you guys need to, like, have a better reason to show violence against people of color, and, like, by her magically healing, it was like, and also now that doesn't count as violence against her, because she's A, a monster, and B, <laughs> fine. Totally fine, oh. hit women of color, use violence against them, because if they're a monster, then you're good. You're in the clear. <laughs> Japanese people, monsters anyway. So. Okay, can can you actually explain that to me? Because I was like, 
are just all Asian women in this world monsters? I was confused. But it, it might have been early in the season they explain it, or? Not basic. So she's the only Asian. Her family's the only Asian people on the show. They moved to town in season three. Mm-hmm. And the town is called Beacon Hills. And it's a beacon because it, like, draws in all the supernatural shit. And so, like, Styles or not Styles. Tyler Posey is the teen wolf. And, like, later Lydia becomes a banshee. And I think, like... Crystal Reed's character has some stuff going on too but like one by one everyone's kind of got some sort of magical thing going on and I stopped watching after the Japan stuff but I think the next season was like Mexican folklore so I think they were pulling from like a bunch of different cultures which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because I think like like in Twilight to pull from Native like there's just cool Mm -hmm. and lore from other cultures and I think it's cool to mix those things in theory anyway so Arden Show, she had superpowers, her mom had superpowers, her dad didn't, and then this other woman at the camp did. And then that's all the Asian people that are on it. So it wasn't all Asian people. And then also sometimes the Nogitsune could get into a white person like Styles or like Reese. So uh-huh. it's really, uh, you know, it's a it's a Japanese spirit, but, you know, Asian people I'll don't have packing. to be mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I guess just because, like, Every Asian woman on the show was a monster, and I was confused. I was just like, "Is so in this world, all Asian women are possessed by some kind of spirit or something?" Maybe so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was uh, Buck Wild, inaccurate, inappropriate. Um, not not a good episode. Overall, a failure, I would say. Yeah, I was, uh, but I will say, like, could be just because I hadn't watched anything, any of the other episodes, but mm-hmm. whenever we cut away, especially to the, like, police talking, I was honestly like, maybe I should just skip these scenes so I get back to the story yeah. that I've been watching, <laughs> the flashbacks. If you're, if you're only watching this episode, then yeah, there was no reason to, like, learn who anybody else was. Because I was like, okay, <laughs> I, the first scene when Dylan O'Brien came in and he was like, "Where is it? Where where's she hiding her little knives and throwing books on the ground?" I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the fly was the, crazy. A fly. I was like, "Why is he dying by a fly?" And then he yeah the guy the dad knew. I was like, "How did he know what he was talking about?" He just came in throwing books, saying, "Where's her daggers?" Like yeah. How would you know? How would you know? Also, I was thinking, like, it's kind of crazy that there are B and C stories in this episode. Like, <laughs> how really are you cutting? Structure. Yeah. Really possibly cutting from thing to thing. That's kind of all I got to say about Teen Wolf. Um, yeah, it was yeah. bad. I love the show. Everyone should watch it. Um. <laughs> it might. It sounds... If that's just a taste what a wild ride it must be it's a wild ride i have a friend from high school who scares really easily and she had a hard time watching this show so maybe Uh-oh. you would not enjoy but Uh-oh. you liked um sabrina the teenage witch and that i feel so like scary okay yeah. <laughs> i imagine it's on par with that okay does that show just thinking about some of those monsters right now yikes <laughs> 
There's yeah. a monster that comes in through your dreams. Oh my god, it's so scary. Oh, I had to turn the lights on when I was watching that. Oh. <laughs> I I really like this about you. It's a really good fact, I think. Okay. We think our apartment is haunted. No. I don't want to talk about it because I'm in my apartment, so I don't want to summon anything, but okay. sometime I'll tell you. <laughs> when you guys move out, you can tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, a less scary episode. Should we talk about... What do you want to do next? Hawaii Five O. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're at a crossroads. Um, let's do Hawaii Five O. Yeah. I think let's carry on with our our similar theme. So a we'll cover up at an internment camp. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I so this episode I have never seen any of Hawaii Five O, and I don't think I will. Um, other than this one. Yeah. But I was crying, like, throughout this entire episode. I was very engaged, I have to say. Like, I got emotional, especially when they got taken away to the camp. I was like, oh, no. That was, even from, like, the Pearl Harbor opening number, I guess I shouldn't call it, but <laughs> that sequence, I was crying so hard. I don't know, man. It was a weird day. I wish Grace Park had been in it. She's like very beautiful. Yeah, but I was like, I saw, yeah, I saw her in the opening credits, and then she didn't come back up, and I was like, uh, there's ever an episode, yeah, for the Asian people to be especially on, should be this one. Yeah, (laughs) but we had Daniel Day, and then we had the guy who works in their like forensics lab or whatever, and then we had that other guy who like the body. Yeah, that was also so. Okay, I. I will say I definitely enjoyed this episode of the three the most, but also had some of the most, like, craziest things that they did to this poor guy Yes. who came to them about yes. this crime in the internment camp. I was like, okay, so you're going to make him go back to the camp and, like, make him walk around to relive seeing his father's dead body. Yeah. You're going to exhume his father's body (laughs) and you're gonna make him apologize to this white guard yes okay we should recap this episode plot real quick basically it starts with first they have a flashback to pearl harbor getting bombed and then they have one of the survivors of pearl harbor being honored at this like veterans ceremony in present day and then we see an old asian guy uh pull out a gun to shoot um, the veteran and then like the main cop from Hawaii Five O attacks him and they like bring him in. Yeah. He's like, I wanted to kill him because he killed my father. And they're like, uh, what about calling the police? What about, you know? And he's like, we were Japanese. We didn't have civil rights. You get it? (laughs) Eventually, they, like, sort of look up what he's saying, and they're like, okay, it sounds like maybe he's telling the truth, and something fishy did happen. I thought that was kind of rude when they kept, like, stopping what he was saying to, like, look things up or take phone calls. I was like, okay, he's right in front of you telling his story, but whatever. (laughs) When he said, they were like, Mr. Toriyama or whatever, and he was like, call me David. I was like, hell yeah, that's sweet. I did like that actor. I thought he was was a sweet, sweet old man. Yeah, he was sympathetic. The, oh, the episode was called Ho'o Nani Maku Akane, which means honor thy father. So I think that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, all episodes in that show, or at least that season I was looking at, had names similar to that. Or, like, meanings and stuff. So yeah. So I thought that was cool. This one took place in the Honolulu Uli Uli camp. And it seems like the camps in Hawaii were different than the camps on the mainland. Yeah. In part because at the time, a third of Hawaii's population was Japanese. And in part, I think, because they were closer. It just was treated differently. And even, like, going there now, it feels like a a blend of, like, Japan and the U.S. Yeah. So I think this camp was probably different than some of the other camps. Yeah, that's what I had read on that um, review, too, of both of those episodes, that it was, like, it was inaccurate Mm -hmm. in the way the camps were portrayed, Mm -hmm. just because they weren't, they were, like, portraying it like they were the mainland camps, but that wasn't how they were in Hawaii. Right. And one thing that the guy who wrote this article said, Brian Nia said, was he said that in both the Teen Wolf and in the Hawaii Five-O episode, they made things seem worse than they were. That mm-hmm. what really did happen to Japanese Americans was bad enough. Why the need to make it worse for like yeah. traumatic effect? And I think that's true because I I learned a lot about internment through these three episodes because I was taught that it was really. Every time I was taught about it, it was in the context of it wasn't as bad as the death camps that the Jews were experiencing in Europe. Mm-hmm. I think it's a crazy way to teach something. I don't know. I feel like people were always emphasizing, like, people had gardens. People got to leave to go be in the army. I don't know. It's, like, a weird to focus on saying it's not that bad. It's weird to try to make it seem worse than it was. Like, yeah. just, I found it kind of hard to find the cold, hard facts of, like, how many people died, mm-hmm. what kind of things were happening, how much notice did people get to leave? Like what happened in their... St- I found it kind of hard to find that information. Yeah. Yeah, and I... I mean, like... I feel like you are probably taught more about them than I was in Montana. Like, I know we had an... In- there is a, an internment camp that was in Montana. Mm-hmm. But they never said anything about it. Like, I found out when I was in college that there was a internment camp in Montana. And, like... Yeah. You'd obviously heard, I think, maybe my mom gave me um, a book about Manzanar, but that was pretty much all I knew was, like, that book. Yeah. it's And, like, I I don't really feel like I was taught that much, given, like, how much the Bay Area has a boner for being, like, we're so progressive, we teach this kind of shit. And mm-hmm. for the fact that school was, like, a quarter Asian kids. And Fred Korematsu is buried in our local cemetery. And, really? Like, yeah, he's buried there. Yeah. And I'm just like, if I am not being taught this, then who is? Like, this information yeah. at the very least should be reaching me, and I'm seeking it out, and I'm at the high school most likely to receive this information. Yeah, that's that's just the thing about Asian American history that I feel like it's so just it's not taught at all. Like yeah. from internment camps, which are like kind of touched on, but usually you're right in the context of like you know not as bad which is like a weird kind of comparison to be teaching kids mm-hmm. I think rather than like maybe we just keep them as their own separate things I just and, keep anything else that we teach by being like the Boston massacre was really bad but it wasn't as bad as this other gun thing that happened that year like we don't do yeah. that with anything else yeah and there's also like um that 
book that we've both read about like the Asian American civil rights movement is not like it's like brand new information to me. Yes, totally. That oh, yeah, they should of- at least touch on, like at least say, you know, <laughs> touch on it. Because most of my information does come from either these three episodes we watched, or did you ever read Wildflower when you were younger? It was the same woman that wrote Kira Kira, which was just like another book that everyone read in fifth grade. And it's just about a girl that gets interned. And on page 116, which was my home address at the time, she's like, when I get out of here, I'm going to name my daughter Hanukkah. And I was like, that's oh, crazy. Whoa. That is crazy, um, actually, actually. And then I was like, you should stay. And that's a bad name. Don't do that. Um, I just, yeah. It, for being one of the most, like, undeniably bad things that the U.S. government has done in the last hundred years, it just, like, it seems pretty cut and dry to me that this information should be. Like, I can't believe I spent, like, six weeks on Puritans in history class and, yeah. like, half a day on it. It just seems great. the Industrial Revolution? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's dumb. I, I know in Australia, in the last, like, five or ten years, they've shifted from teaching European languages to Asian languages in schools more because they're like, we want to be aware of where we are in the world like we are closer to asia than europe and it feels weird to do eurocentric teaching yeah and i think like if you live especially in an area that was affected by this then you should be teaching the local history i like being in texas right now i really like how like they're like americans but they're texans first and they're (laughs) there's like a lot of texas history that gets taught yeah I think every state should do that. I think it's kind of crazy not to. You didn't get much state history? We did. We did. But I feel like it was kind of locked into, like, fourth and fifth grade. Mm. We got a lot. Like, Montana, I feel like it's similar in that, like, if you're from Montana, like, you love Montana so much. And, like, we all know, like, it was, like, every year they we had a unit in Montana history and we learned, like, lots about Montana history Whoa. which I like I think it I, I like learning state history I think it's more interesting than like learning the country history honestly completely because the country was more specific like Philadelphia and Boston yeah yeah exactly yeah that's very cool <laughs> yeah I guess I did learn some Cal- I wanted to do some out of California history but not as much as I would have liked I guess is what I'm saying oh my god Okay, so then they go to this white veteran's house, and they're like, hey, did you kill this guy's dad? Because, like, things are kind of fishy. And he was like, who? I don't remember some Jap. And they're like, what? They all look the same to you? And then an Asian woman comes in and is like, dad, what's happening? His full Asian daughter, by the way. Um, (laughs) And then he looks at the cops and he goes, "That, that took the wind out of your sails. If I hated them so much, would I have married them? And then they never never addressed it. Like, (laughs) he doesn't come out being the bad guy. And his daughter's just standing there being like, yep, I love that my dad is using my human body as inoculation against what was maybe a crime against my people. Yeah, and also then in the end, we have to, he be, he, this guy is the good guy. And (sighs) this poor old (laughs) Japanese man has to apologize to this guy who keeps using Jaff. It's like, are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are we? Why are we making him do that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that was insane. Also, just like, sorry, but if you use the phrase, like, I bet this takes the wind out of your sail, <laughs> you are racist, and you married your wife because you're racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. You can still be married to a Japanese woman and have a, a full Asian daughter and yeah. <laughs> and still be racist. Yeah. Would a racist person do this? Like, that is almost always answered by yes. Yeah. And I also just kept thinking about, like, the statistic where when a man and a woman get married, the man's life expectancy goes up and the woman's life expectancy goes down. And I was like, you... <laughs> You hurt her by marrying her. This is something that goes out to all straight men, but certainly white ones with Asian wives. I wish they would be more considerate. Or just remember that these are statistics that exist, and they might not apply to you, but still think about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so then after that, they're, what, they're, they, like, go look in some boxes for papers to figure out the reports. Mm-hmm. Because they're really stumped. They were, like, sure that it was going to be that guard. Turns out it was someone. It was one of the other guards' brothers came in and shot the guy in the head and stole his katana. And then (laughs) grandkid. It's also weird because with both suspects, so the guard and then the brother, Mm -hmm. they were, like, look up his past record. And Mm -hmm. they were both criminals in their past record. And they were like, "Mm, that proves it. I was like... (laughs) Okay, that's like a weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And also, then they go to the grandson's house and they're like, "Hey, have you seen this sword?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's my grandpa gave it to me. Is there anything you wanted to know about it? Like, what's up?" And they're like, "Do you know how he got this?" And I'm just like, "Who?" I, I one of my friends, uh, their dad was like, "We have this Native American like." Uh, piece of clothing and his kids were like you should probably give this back to like the the culture like the people that that belongs to like I really doubt that even if it was passed down to our family like probably we didn't get it for a good reason so like let's just give that back so I can't really imagine having a family heirloom from another culture especially knowing like okay my grand uncle was a guard at one of these camps and being like he probably just got this from a friend yeah and also, what's crazy about that scene, too, is the fact that they were just going to tell this guy that his grandpa was actually a murderer. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, because this guy, he is a little, you know. He's just, li- he's just like, having his day, I, then. Yeah. These people show up, take his grandpa's sword, and tell him grandpa's a murderer, then let him leave. Rough day for him, because he really didn't do anything wrong. No, he's he had no part in it. He just... Yeah. Um, I really take a shot every time they say, the white cop says katana. <laughs> I love that. I, I really liked hearing them try to pronounce all the words. I thought that was fun. That was good. I liked that a lot. Um, and it also felt like kind of a like history class. Like someone read a history chapter and then like yeah. just copy and paste that into all the dialogue when he was like, my brother was in the 40... 40- 442nd Regiment, and then the white cop's like, oh, you mean the most decorated regiment in history, full of Japanese-American soldiers? And I was like, okay. Well, I guess this is good for people who don't know stuff. Yeah, that was that was the craziest part of dialogue I, I had heard in that episode. 
I wish people talked like that. I wish I talked like that. He's, it was so funny to see him, like, try to play it off as a natural thing to come yes. to, like, say. He was like, oh, wait, you mean, you mean the f- <laughs> Yeah. He's like, most decorated and respected. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, like, the woman just, just has to sit there and be like, oh, I love listening to this conversation. Yeah. I also loved when they came back to give him the sword. She came out of his house like she had to, like, stay with Yeah. <laughs> all day while the, the men got to go do the police work. She had to stay with the old Japanese man and keep him company. Yeah. Oh, I liked the part um, where Daniel Day Kim just goes and shakes his hand. And it's just, like, nice to him. And he's like, my name is whatever and then the guy's like oh you're korean and he's like it's in the mix i've got some japanese in. i was like this rules i love that him is kind of japanese i'm into this yeah i loved that scene and then he was like my uncle was also at a camp and i was like okay casual yeah <laughs> it was also crazy when they were looking through the photo album with the old man and yeah. he's like that's my grandpa. The white pop pointed at a picture of of the old man's dad and this white guard and goes, that's my grandpa. <laughs> what is it? Then it resolved to, why is my grandpa in your photo album? And the old man goes, I don't know. And then turns the page. And that he was it. Leaves the house. He's like, I gotta go think about this. <laughs> that was all. That was very good. And then at the very, the tag of the episode is him being like, he, what was it? Like the Asian, the Japanese guy's dad taught this white guy how to read or something, how to drive. I don't remember what it was. And then he would come over and play catch with this guy when he was a kid and he gave him a baseball glove and he's like, you should have this. This is your grandpa's. Oh, that's what that was? I was like, what is this? <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what are you talking about? Baseball glove? Okay. What is that? It's one minute left. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately everyone got the heirlooms of their grandfathers returned yes. to them. <laughs> okay, that clarifies that scene for me. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an unnecessary... I thought it was weird... That they had to have like an emotional hook for it. Like at first they were like, I respect this man because he's a veteran and I'm a veteran and like that's why I care about him. And then it was later like he's friends with my grandpa. It's like you could also just if someone comes to you, you're the police and they report a crime, you can want to solve that crime on your own. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wonder, it would have been great if instead of, like, a, a sword, it was just, in both episodes, like, a nice set of dishes or something. Yes. <laughs> My Elvis vanity plates. <laughs> My collectible, <laughs> My collectible Smurf plates. Yeah. <laughs> My cigarette lighter. <laughs> that would be, honestly, hilarious. So much better. <laughs> Like that. Or if they've been like, my Sega Genesis! <laughs> Something else the Japanese people are. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well now on to Babysitter's Club. The, the golden light of 
I thought it was just very fun. I thought it was really that nice. Was cute. I had I've I've watched the pilot and I wasn't super into the show just because I was like I think I'm both too old and too young for this yeah. show. Like I think I told you that like too yeah. old to like it just as a kid and also too young because I never read the book so I don't have any yeah. nostalgia for it. Yeah. Um, but I did really like this episode. I liked it more than that I saw. Mm-hmm. And I imagine. Like, I listen to a podcast that these people who have kids host, and I think if I had kids, I would enjoy watching this with them, because it is, like, a really positive, educational, diverse... So sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they're, like, really sweet friends, and they help each other out. Yeah. For some reason, kids TV is so feminist and, like, almost geared towards girls, and then the older you get, the less fun things are to watch for women. <laughs> That's so interesting. I think that, like, a lot of children's TV is geared toward, like, a female audience because they think, like, oh, girls are the only ones that watch TV or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's why I don't really... I just feel like... We talked about it a little bit, I think, last week, where, like, I just really don't watch... I think neither of us really try to watch things that are centered around men and are, like... I, I don't know, have, like, male casts. I just, I just, like, get bored. So I'm like, yeah. eh, whatever. You guys are a bunch of dudes running around doing whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I watched um, Dr. Strangelove this morning, and I was like, this actually, I wish that they hadn't had the one female character they had in that. There are a lot of movies that I am like, I would rather you just didn't at this point. Because the representation you have is, like, worse than none at all. Who was the female character in that? There was just, like, one scene where there was a secretary. And she's oh, like, yeah. And I was like, just don't have... I think... I've been trying to think why I like war movies. Because they are so stupid. And, <laughs> and only male. Only male. Weirdly pro-war. I think that making these movies is an excuse to not give women speaking roles. But I also think I like... If you're gonna do something that's all men... Then do something that's all men and don't have just like a sex woman in for four scenes. Like I, I almost yeah. appreciate like men just experiencing stuff with other men and not having to have like a love interest to like salt on because women aren't a garnish. Like if they're not going to be included in the dish, don't include them in the dish. That's fine. Yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of male directors will do that. Like, look, I've watched, I've been watching more Martin Scorsese movies lately. And I do like the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Well, all of the ones that I've seen. But I do think he can do that. Like, he'll use women in an interesting way. But ultimately, they're not part of the story. Yeah. And it's like, I would kind of rather, like, in Goodfellas, okay, just have just have the Goodfellas. Like, yeah. we don't really need his <laughs> wife or, like, in, like, Wolf of Wall Street. Just yeah. have the... Just have the like the crew and like you know do we like really i mean margot robbie is good in that movie but like you know she's just like the sexy girl that he he dates and then yeah she hates him and then they you know they split and yeah all this to say thank god that the babysitters had good representation for women yeah yeah, because I felt like like when the scenes when they were all like laughing with each other, and then when the grandma came back 
from the hospital. They're all happy she was back. I was like, oh, this like reminds me of my friends when we were like hang out, and it was just like fun and. Mm-hmm. No one was fighting. That's just like a lot of I feel like shows about girls show. Mm-hmm. There's no like infighting. Just like fun, and they're like hanging out with each other. And they're friends. Yeah, yeah, they're friends. They support each other's dreams. They all have like hobbies and taste, yeah. and they're learning how to communicate to each other in a way that's nice. Yeah. And um, the the general plot of this episode was. Claudia, I believe it's her name, um, the Asian one, <laughs> she, uh, her grandma had a stroke and was in the hospital. Yes. And her sister is, kind of, older sister is kind of like a robot or a weirdo. I don't really know None what her deal was. She was kind of, she's just really like her deal was. you know, she's really smart <laughs> not when it comes to emotional intelligence. Yeah, I think that's what I kind of picked up, but. Claudia's cool though. She's you know she's like an artist, so mm-hmm. oh, you know kind of that's the other side of the coin, the quirky Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool Asian, you know. We're like five years away from getting a blue streak in her hair. Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, but this one made me very more emotional, like especially when the grandma came home. I was like, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so glad she's okay. <laughs> True, and everyone was. All of her friends cared about the grandma, even though she wasn't a veteran. (laughs) Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, this one definitely okay. No flashbacks in this one. No flashbacks. They also talked about internment for like very little. Thirty seconds, like a minute maybe, (laughs) when the older sister was like, "You've never heard of." (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i was like okay she's probably like i don't know 12 or something i wouldn't necessarily expect her to yeah (laughs) know a lot about it no no certainly not i didn't know just gave like the bullet points of it yeah which i feel like is honestly probably the most accurate of all three episodes because they just gave like the straight up facts yeah. They didn't take any creative liberties. This grandmother, it re- it's re- so the grandma, she, after having a stroke, loses the ability to speak English, but also kind of at all. And so they're trying to, like, Claudia tries to draw to communicate with her. And then her older sister, as it turns out, speaks Japanese, even though neither of their parents do. She's just, like, very smart. And so she's like, yeah, I wanted to learn so I could talk to grandma. And Claudia's like, okay, nerd. My mom is constantly threatening that in her old age, she's going to forget how to speak English. Uh, so I'm sure this made her feel represented. Uh, <laughs> I communicate with the grandma and they talk about how sometimes when someone has a stroke, it brings them back to like really early or maybe traumatic memories. And so she's have the grandmother's having some flashbacks to when she was at Manzanar, which I think is the biggest internment camp. It's the one that I hear about the most. Yeah. That was the only one that I had learned about. Okay, really. This was also um, apparently a storyline that was in the books originally. Yeah, when I googled it, the books came up. It's good that they didn't completely lose it. I'll be honest, there was like a lot of plot going on, like different plots going on in this episode. But the internet was maybe the C story because Claudia had an art show and she redecorated her friend's room, but her friend didn't like it, but she was shy, so she didn't say anything. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of, like, really nice of her friends to redo her whole room for her and, like, paint it and stuff. 
feel like probably doesn't happen to a lot of kids that their friends totally redo their room. Right. But like a very good lesson to learn, very good skill to have kids learn. Yeah. You yes. know. I think that's a good lesson to take home. Um, I don't know if this is just me being stupid. I forgot how long internment went on. Like I kind of just was like people went they just had a bad summer. I don't know. <laughs> but no, people were there from nineteen forty two to nineteen forty five or six in some cases. Yeah. Yeah, I just had read that today, that mm-hmm. some people's internment lasted the entirety of the war. Yeah, which I don't know. Or, like, from when they were the yeah. order through the end of the war. Yeah. So, like, the grandmother in this was there for three years. And I was like, oh, shit, that's way longer than I thought people were there. Because then you think, like, okay, great, you have a garden or whatever, but, like, you still live in a stable in the desert and you don't get to have your house yeah, like, when my grandparents came over, they came over right after mm-hmm. um, the war. And I recently asked my grandpa if he knew, like, he was. I was like, why did you come over right after the war? Weren't, uh. Didn't you hear of, like, internment? <laughs> Weren't you, like, a little bit worried about that? And he was like, I had no idea that was going on. So. Whoa. Because he, he was like, he got a... Um, he was one of the first, like, Rhodes Scholars to come over yeah. at, from Japan, and he <laughs> I was like, well, timing worked out well for him. That's crazy. Yeah, I wonder when it did become, because I know also, like, with the death camps in Europe, like, a lot of it wasn't really known until, like, later how bad it really was, so I wonder... Like, when internment information was really set out. Because I know... So I was trying to read up on, like... The last internment camp closed March 1946. um, And then President Ford officially repealed Executive Order 9066 in 1976. And in 1988, Congress issued a formal apology and passed the Civil Liberties Act, which gave $20,000 to 80,000 Japanese Americans as reparations. A lot of the money did not reach these people for, quote, logistical reasons. Um, still, that's, they paid reparations and they officially repealed it. And um, so I wonder if maybe it took a while for the information to get out, especially, I think George Takei is the only famous person who have been interned. Like, there really weren't yeah, a lot of celebrities. I can yeah. think of Japanese celebrities who were here then. Yeah, I mean, the only people that I, like, vaguely know were interned are people at my grandparents' church. Right. I can't, I don't think they really talk about it, or I can't imagine they do, because I feel like a lot of people probably don't really want So in, in the Hawaii Five-O episode, they said, like, you have two minutes to get everything together and, like, go to the camps. It turns yeah. out that's not true. Most people got about six days' notice, which still isn't a lot. And again, when I was being taught this stuff, I was taught that, like, a lot of people's white neighbors were really nice to them and, like, mowed their lawns and collected their mail. And, like, when these people came back, they were able to get their jobs back and their houses back. I'm sure that did happen in a lot of cases. But yeah. I don't think it did. And mm-hmm. in the Wildflower, I remember, like, they had to sell off all their stuff really quickly for, like, very little money. Yeah. Because sometimes it did become property of the U.S. government. And that stuff was, it, it just is very unclear what happened. I bet it just depends on, depended on maybe where you lived or where you were sent. Yeah, 
I imagine so. And so I think some people went voluntarily to relocation centers in inland state, like in Montana, in Arizona, in New Mexico, in North Dakota. But then a lot of the people who were there were scared that they were going to stay and they didn't want them to be there. And so that wasn't great for a lot of people. Montana? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I also learned that Canada and Mexico interned people. Hmm. That's interesting. I had no idea. Yeah, there were 117,000 interned in the U.S. and only 21,000 in Canada. Uh, And then Mexico interned another, like, 2,000. Wow. Yeah. So many people. I know. Oh, and then in the Hawaii Five-O, uh, another thing they said was Executive Order 9066 was intended to prevent espionage, even though there were yes. zero instances of Japanese espionage. Yeah, that's the thing that I had learned about that I was like, that is actually so, <laughs> such a dumb thing. A that dumb- you think, like, yeah, just a family is some, it's is doing espionage like what uh, what yeah um and it, originally lieutenant general john l dewitt who was the leader of the western defense command his plan included internment of italians and germans but the idea of rounding up americans of european descent was not as popular hmm wonder why wonder why wonder why i think it's because japan's sort of geographically closer <laughs> here uh, also, they interned anyone who was at least one sixteenth Japanese. One sixteenth. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's one sixteenth Japanese. I hardly know people who are oh. half. I really feel like you're either all or none. <laughs> yeah, one sixteenth. So that would be like four generate. Well, that that would be like four generations in. Yeah, I guess it depends. That's not great. But um, I also feel like at that point, if you're one sixteenth, you should definitely be able to get away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, people who are a quarter, I'm like, you're, I can't tell. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Um, some perks, people were allowed to work uh, as mechanics, teachers, doctors. A lot of the camps were also factories, like camouflage nets or stuff like that. But they couldn't make more than an army private. Um, which at the time was $138 a month. Today is something like 20 grand a year. Wow. They're allowed to work. 4,000 people were allowed to leave to attend college. 1,000 people were sent to other states to do farm work. Some people were, a lot of people obviously entered the army so that they wouldn't be interned mm-hmm. or to prove their loyalty or both. Oh, two relocation centers in Arizona were on Indian reservations, despite protests of tribal council- councils who were overruled by the Bureau of Indian Fa- Affairs. So kind of a nice, you know, two birds with one stone, upset two different groups of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Of course. Yeah. Oh, Not ideal. Um, when Fred Korematsu's case went to the Supreme Court, he lost, and then it was overturned. Fred! I love Fred. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fred. I feel Fred. like we should probably do a full... I feel like we should do an episode on Fred. I don't know if there's... um. We'll write and then table read a sort of comedy pilot about Fred Korematsu, <laughs> and then we'll review our own. I think that's great. 
and it'll just be the script will just be recounting what he's done. Recounting <laughs> what he's done, but also sort of including a family katana and <laughs> some sort of cover up. Cover up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. actually going to be a little known only in case of Japanese espionage. <laughs> yeah. And also, Fred's a monster. Yeah. Fred's actually a Nogitsune, as it turns out, <laughs> as well as an Oni. Yeah, learned a lot, cried a lot. Thought this was anywhere from sweet to funny. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good rate. I think that's correct. Like, for me, it probably ranged from what? I'm confused yeah. to, okay, <laughs> that's funny. Or, or, oh my gosh, thank God the grandma's okay. <laughs> thank God the grandma's okay, truly. Let's, let's, let's rate them individually, I guess. Okay. Uh, what are we do? We're doing how good a representation it was is songs, mm-hmm. and then how good a piece of media it was is ramen. Okay. Um, um Teen Wolf. Let's do Teen Wolf. Okay. So in terms of representation, I am gonna give it a two because this was what 2013 or something. Crazy Rich Asians had not come out. I remember being excited that we had Art and Cho in the cast, that we were talking about Japan at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was better than nothing. Yeah. Other than oh, it was uh, inappropriate. <laughs> well, what would you give it for entertainment? Like, just a general. Entertainment, I would give it a five. I love Teen Wolf. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I saw that they, they went on and did three more seasons after that, which I won't watch. And two of them were two. There's, like, five more seasons of that show that I could watch, and I won't. Oh but gosh. Okay. But, I feel like I'll give it, uh, in terms of representation, I'll give it a one. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually <laughs> fair. <laughs> uh, recognized for the time, yes. I, I'm sh- Yeah, I didn't see it at the time, but I, I definitely feel like, for sure, it must have been exciting that <laughs> there's a whole Asian family in an episode. That's, yeah. That's great. Um, but they're all monsters, literally monsters. So, um, yeah. And in terms of an episode, see, this one's hard for me because I just haven't seen the show. So I think I'll probably give it a, like a two because I found some lines very funny and some yeah. things like wacky as hell. But I was mostly it's just very confused. You didn't get to see a lot of the really good characters. You didn't get to see all of these, you know, teens have sex with each other. Sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. I feel like if I start from the beginning, I'd probably love it. Yeah. I was just very confused. Most yeah. Of the time, so. I know I said five. Obviously, this I have said many times, this wasn't a very good episode of Teen Wolf. But a bad episode of Teen Wolf is still a good episode of TV. I have my shows that I feel the same way about. Mm-hmm. Episode, so I get it. I get it. Why 5-0? I would give it like a four for representation and like a four for entertainment. Or like a three. These aren't enthusiastic. I'm like, these were fine. I didn't love yeah. any of this. And it didn't make me want to watch anything more. Yeah. I think I'd give it like a three and a half or, yeah, for representation. Just because I like, kind of can't believe the things they made that poor yeah. Asian man do. <laughs> Those things they did to him. Seemed very mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but in terms of entertainment, probably a four. I- that was yeah. fun. I couldn't quite figure out what what the five O was. Are they their police or FBI or I don't know. I it wasn't I guess clear. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. I don't know. But 
they were kind of they were mean to that old man too so whatever <laughs> they were mean to him oh okay wait the part in that when uh daniel d cam came in and he was like hey you were a veteran like you had to know because they're like you know this gun was gonna explode right and then he was like well maybe you should have just let me explode then um and then daniel d cam's like hey man like you obviously know how guns work i don't think you were there to kill this person I was like, wait, why didn't anyone else stop to think about that? Like, that's yeah. pretty <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to me, because I didn't get it until he said that. But still, I was like, yeah, you guys, right. you put him under house arrest because he reported a crime. Also, he pretended to try to shoot someone. That's bad, obviously. I guess, but that old guy sucked, so whatever. The, yeah, the guy. He was racist. I don't care like, who his daughter He didn't is. kill that guy's dad, and he did try to report the death, so, like, that's his job, um, but he was still racist and probably yeah. mean to his daughter and wife. Mm. I bet, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I cannot picture either of our dads telling someone, I bet that took the wind out of your sails. I can't even picture that. I can't, I cannot. <laughs> I'd be like, excuse me, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> just turned into someone completely different. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the shirt that I, unfortunately, to the listeners, Emily's mailbox has become sort of a ground for, for theft. Um, and all of her packages are oh. getting stolen. Um, someone but, has a key and they're just coming in and they're taking everything. Scary. Um, so weird. But I had mailed you a shirt that said, I don't need to hear about your Asian wife. Uh, well, oh, well, I've worn that with pride. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he'll give it back to you. I'm sure he will. He has to bring it back. Yeah. And Jordan's DVD. Stuff yeah. he's it. Just borrowing stuff. Yeah. Babysitter's Club. What'd you give it? Um, Representation, probably a four. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. In terms of entertainment, yeah, a four. thought it was... A heartwarming episode for these yeah. gals. Mm-hmm. They, had a, they had a lot going on in this episode. Yeah. And so did that dad that's in the good place, too. And he got a new haircut or something. Yeah. And he had to, like, clean a frying pan. or He had yeah. going on. Hey, you know, he had a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> starting a date? I don't know what happened. But... Yeah, I would say I would give it a four for representation. It was like a very diverse friend group, and mm-hmm. and for entertainment, I would give it like yeah, like you said, we're both too old and too young for this show. But I can't imagine wa- anyone walking away from that and thinking like that wasn't nice. Like someone could maybe be like, "This yeah. obviously for me," but I don't think anyone would be like, "This was stupid." Yeah. This was bad. Yeah, it was just yeah, it was just endearing. So I'll give it a. I'll give it a four for entertainment. It's yeah, short. why not? Yeah. It was, well, next week we will be doing the Meg. Be sure to watch. Um, yeah. I'm going to do a deep dive. Wow, good pun. Thank you. Good. Thanks for listening. Uh, yes. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Half Asian, half hour. Half Asian, half